0: Jonathan Edwards once wrote, Seek not to grow in knowledge chiefly for the sake of applause and to enable you to dispute with others, but seek it for the benefit of your souls. Join Adam Howell, Ryan Hanley, and Caleb Neiman as they discuss living out deeply rooted affections. This is Oaks of Righteousness podcast. Welcome back to Oaks of Righteousness Podcast. I am your host, Caleb Niedemeyer, joined by Ryan Hanley and Adam Howell. Gentlemen, I, I think even in our garage days this may be a new record. Uh, three times in four weeks. So I know.
1: Dude, it's five thirty AM where you are. You need to get excited. I know,
0: right? I, I may sound a little a little more uh my voice Gruff. may be Yeah, my, my voice uh, may be a little deeper and <laughs> I Might not have all good the good
2: morning, everyone.
0: <laughs> I might not have the energy of my my five year old when he wakes up anymore so just
1: give it about twenty minutes when that coffee kicks in and you're gonna be rip uh, ripper and ready you're to near.
0: go yeah i need I need that second cup that's when it i'm I'm at that point in my life I need two cups to to actually wake up so so I may be leaving while one of you are talking to go go pour it
1: I need two cups just to remember my name
0: <laughs> that's true. Yeah, coffee's a, coffee's a wonderful gift from the Lord. Maybe we'll have a, a podcast on, on coffee and affections and. Mm. and um.
1: For me, that would go back to the fitness episode because of all the creamer that I put in my coffee. <laughs> it's true.
2: You're basically sinful when you drink yeah, coffee. That's right. Objectively, so.
1: You know those uh, those four and five cup days is just straight up gluttony. That's all that is. Mm. I like yeah. to have a little bit of coffee with my creamer.
0: I have a friend who's actually, he, he has like a, that's what he does. That's his business is he, he sells coffee beans. So I didn't know that until just recently. So, so Ryan, if you're listening, we want some beans.
1: Ryan's Kay. listening. He's right there on the other end.
0: <laughs> I'm guessing this isn't me. <laughs> different, different Ryan, Ryan Wilder. You know who okay. you are. Um, but, but for us, this morning... Did we get some kind of endorsement
2: for that? Like, do we get, do we get a kickback for you mentioning his name and, and no. business? No,
0: I'm not going to oh, mention okay. his business until he gives me some coffee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> our first sponsor. We got a sponsor before, right? Uh, we were close to, and then he, he, <laughs> he stopped. The, he listened to our podcast no. and stopped. <laughs> it said no thanks. No. That's all right. I forget what happened. Something happened. He he doesn't he's not even doing that anymore. He he's doing a different thing. So yeah.
1: I can tell you what happened. There was a twelve month lull in when we did anything, and so he was like, Nah.
0: Yeah. Are you guys
2: gonna do anything? That might have been it as well. <laughs> yeah. Kathleen asked me last night, I said, I'm gonna leave early in the morning and go do a podcasting thing again. She's like, How often do you guys do that? I was like, There's really not a good answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> That's when, when the mood suits us, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: Apparently during quarantine the mood suits us well because, what is this three times in four weeks?
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a joy. It's been have we, you seen each other's faces more during uh, quarantine than than when yeah. we're not? So
1: I know I'm curious to see how much uh, how many people just use Zoom in their everyday lives now for uh, forever, just because we can.
2: Yeah. It'll be like, like when you see people sitting next to each other, texting each other. They'll actually be pulling up Zoom and talking through that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's sitting at a coffee shop, computers and faces, exactly. but they're like talking you to doing? each other. Uh,
0: it's going to be a, a, a crazy new world out there once we once we get out there we were we were watching something last night and there was like a crowd and i, I was like man it's so weird to see people <laughs> gathered together in a crowd like even exactly. on even on tv you're kind of like oh don't do it don't so you, you watch people hug or shake hands and you're like
1: no <laughs> 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 we're gonna have an aversion to other human beings just because they're a human being
0: yep yep uh, well i bet okay. i bet a lot
1: of that will be suggested like hey be be distant from each other don't hug don't oh man yeah we'll see
0: yeah that'll be that'll be an interesting thing for christians um for 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 the way we move towards people and the way christ moved towards us even in our sin and how we need to to be bold and and move towards people um so anyways that's that's not what we're going to talk about today we're going to talk about um affections and and teaching and for you guys specifically, you have seen your, you've seen your um, students all disappear, um, in your classrooms and, and gone to a Zoom classroom uh, very recently. But just talking about how you guys um, view teaching, um, you guys have, have been teaching for for a long, long time because that's how old <sighs> you guys are. Wow. Nope. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) but I I would just love to hear how you guys, uh, how you guys take, (laughs) take broadly uh, teaching and, and and your philosophy of teaching. And and when you, when you have students sitting in front of you, is this just an information dump that you guys have tons of notes and a ton of learning that you want them to get? Um, Yes. And then, (laughs) and then. (laughs) How you how you also look to form their minds and hearts because you guys are teaching at boys College and Southern Seminary so you're preparing people for ministry and and ministry isn't just about the information it's about the heart and the way that that they're going to be living their life in front of of their congregations their families and their communities so so just kind of talk about how you guys view that and how you try to take that into the classroom and then kind of talk about um, how you're trying to get that across on a on a computer screen as well go run i was getting ready to say the same thing
2: <laughs>
1: you were gonna say go run. well there you go yeah it's go, a
0: little that's a
2: little weird that you would tell yourself to go <laughs> and <laughs> here we go um i feel like i start off every time i don't know if that's a a prideful thing or just the way it works out no
1: i gave you permission this time in fact a command go for it
2: okay all right um so yeah caleb basically what you said <laughs> shortest um, episode ever
1: sorry i couldn't laugh because i I was was chugging (laughs) the diet a&w root beer over here
2: oh man that sounds disgusting (laughs) (laughs) um teaching uh so i think i don't know if this is a i don't think it's novel at all i one of the things that novel coronavirus yes exactly (laughs) that's exactly what i thought of too (laughs) sorry isn't that weird (laughs) A very normal word can be uh, hijacked <laughs> in our society and used for other purposes. Um, yeah, so so teaching—I I mean, I primarily see really any kind of teaching uh, as discipleship or a form of discipleship. And that's kind of the basis from which I work. And if it's—I mean, even if in some ways, even if it's you know how to change oil in my car, if I'm trying to teach my kids that or something like that, I'm. I'm you know trying to show them how to do it with excellence i'm trying to show them how to do it well um and in some sense that it's it's tied into integrity in all of life how we honor god and glorify god with everything um, but specifically in a classroom you know at the end of the day you've, you've basically already said this but if i'm opening up the word of god to teach them from the scriptures um This is too strong, but to some degree I could care less if they know specific details about the author or when it was written and those kinds of things if it has zero impact on their lives. Uh, My hope is to point them to Christ. My hope is to point them to the God who created them so that they are empowered by him through his word, the Holy Spirit working through them to actually live out and embrace and be characterized by what they're finding there. So that's my goal.
1: Is it my turn now?
2: I think so. Okay. I didn't know if you were done or if that was just a really long pause. No, I'm trying to keep my, my comments brief.
1: Oh Um, yeah. I think uh, I would agree with all of that. Um, Ryan mentioned, you mentioned the uh, not, uh, not focusing so much on authorship and date and things like that. And um, I'm, I'm with you on that. The, Thing that came to my mind, uh, as far as just this discipleship, uh, so uh, discipleship I think can be. I'm going to try to kind of categorize discipleship as like, I think there is an element of discipleship that is some sort of knowledge, but I try to think of it more as a knowledge of skill uh, and craft, if I can say it that way. Not necessarily a knowledge of data. And so one of the things that I hope to do is not only to give students data, uh, but to model for them and to encourage them along a certain skill of how to read the Bible. And some of that is authorship, date, structure, and those kinds of things. And so I know that Ryan doesn't neglect those things, and your, your motive is better. But I also don't. I don't want to to miss the fact that we also right. understand there's a process whereby, especially training students for ministry, or yep. you know even at Boyce if it's a business degree or a uh, teacher education degree, uh, you know these these people are in the what we call the marketplace, but they need to know how to read their Bibles well. That's right. And that that goes all the way back to some of these historical grammatical details of yep. when it was written, and um, so that is not disconnected from quote discipleship whereby right. we often just put our brain into the hat or the category of um some sort of heart change yeah. that is, that I, i'm with ryan that is the main goal and i even yeah. try to present date and authorship in such a way that the students are affected by
2: it yes <laughs> um yeah no i think i think discipleship drives the need for those details i think discipleship is a better foundation for those very nitty-gritty details, doing them with excellence, treating them with fairness and honesty. It's like if we're thinking mm-hmm. about authorship or dates, uh, that, that we're, not, we're not free to just make stuff up. We're not free to be willy-nilly with those details. Um, this is This is God's truth. This is something that God has put together. I think a disciple ought to take those things more seriously and they're just a very, very
0: poor sort of end goal if i can kind of add ask a question but as you guys are
1: can i kind of give an answer <laughs> yeah,
0: you you can kind of that's just
1: about that. all i ever do anyway, so
0: um so so you're talking about you have business students who are in your classroom taking an a and e class or an old testament one class or a
1: and e ancient near eastern history
0: yeah there you go um Pain? How do you, <laughs> if, if they sorry, go ahead. How, how do you,
1: academically new education?
0: How do yes. you, how do you take and, and look at that student who, who's saying, hey, I just have to finish this to get to the stuff that I want to do. And, and how, how do you try to make, um, how do you make that class uh, change the way they view business, the, the way that they're going to walk into business? And it's like, well, I know the Babylonian Bronze Age came after the you know the Stone Age after we we, we were all Neanderthals. was getting ready to correct. No. I, you can tell it's been a while since I took ANE. I mean that's true basically. <laughs>
2: yeah, so first of all I would say the amazing thing is the students that I've encountered are rarely saying that. I mean, every now and then you'll get a student who's honest, but they realize that that's not a great motive that, Hey, I'm just coming in to to kind of tick this box and move on. But I I think we're really blessed to work with students that are just phenomenally um, interested in their own spiritual walk with Christ. And so that's just, that's a blessing beyond measure. Um, But I think, and I, I think Adam's the same way, like in some sense, if you are impacted and affected by what you teach, yeah, right. they'll catch that. Yeah. They'll they'll see it and they'll they'll see its value, its importance, and not just to see it and go, okay, great, that's why I should do this, but actually, they will be inspired to to study more in depth as well.
1: Yeah, this is going to sound like a cop out answer, but um, I I don't I don't think the answer in higher education Christian. Higher education. I don't think that the answer is to trust my own abilities and strategies to impart affection. Um, that's still something that I am dependent on the Holy Spirit to do through the Word of God in my own heart, that then communicates to the students through the Word of God to their heart. And you know, if you just take A and E history as an example, that's probably a pretty difficult one. If you're an Old Testament survey, yeah, you're you're in Scripture, exactly. so you're trying. You know. You're praying that the Lord would use this text to use this prophets, these series of prophets, to impart uh, a spirit-filled affection in the hearts of these students. That's the goal in in those classes. In A and E history, it might be a little more difficult, but but what you find in A and E history is big swaths of God working sovereignly over pagans in order to bring about His purposes. And nothing's changed today. God still does that. And, and we have to be more careful now, I think, to say, oh, look at the last 30 years of history. This is what God is doing. Like, we don't have specific revelation on that. So we, that's hard to say that's what God is doing. But when you, see, um, when you see Cyrus pop up in Scripture several times as the Lord's anointed, who brings God's people back to the land, who makes that declaration. You start asking yourself historically, who was this dude? What was he up to? Yeah. Why was he doing that? You know, is he just a pawn in God's hand or is he a free agent? Like all of that has theological impact yeah. for how we understand Scripture and how we understand foreign nations and how we understand God's working in the world. And so um, that's a, you, you have to dig a little deeper in a class like that. Uh but the goal is still to point students through history to the scriptures, um, whereby the spirit works.
2: Yeah, I think I I haven't taught A and E history on campus yet. I'm I'm teaching that this fall and I'm I'm that's genuinely one of my biggest not concerns, but focuses on kind of preparation is Foca. trying to think through foci. Um <laughs> that uh you know, how, how do I tie this in and anything meaningful? Like, why should they care about this? And, and I think to some degree, one of the things I'm settling on is, yes, tying it back to Scripture, tying it back to our Christians' lives, tying it back to how we see God ruling over history. What does that do for us now, like Adam said? Um, but also that, that this is where some level of, I think, just trying to love your neighbor well comes into play. Um, you know, how do I take information that can be tedious and boring and find and develop ways that we have fun with it, we enjoy it, we see the importance, but sometimes we just say, you know what? I don't necessarily know how or why this can impact your life in an important way, but it's an important part of history. It's had a lot of impact and influence on something. So we're just gonna find a way to, to remember it, to try and tie it in as best we can in an enjoyable way, and and we'll move on. And so even there, just being a good neighbor can make that environment beneficial and useful and not tedious and boring. Even if you're dealing with material, that's not the most interesting thing you'll ever encounter.
1: Yeah, yeah one of Ryan. the things, I, I while Ryan was talking about that, I'll just mention, since this has become an A&E History class uh, podcast, <laughs> um, one of the things that, that I will speak about in A&E History is, is that um, just because the ancients, quote, the ancients were old, doesn't mean they were dumb and you've got real human beings image bearers that lived millennia ago in an entirely different culture than what we're in but one that's not so different and so you you study all these cultures and what you find is real human beings that are failing and you find real human beings that are trying to trust the lord and and then we can identify like abraham had real struggles real problems he was a real dude in mesopotamia and god said hey go like, what are you yeah. going to do? Because yeah. God might might jump into your life at some point, college student, and say, go. What are you going to do? Yeah. And so I, I think that even historically, when that history becomes part of the Bible, now it has theological and devotional import that, that we have to
0: reckon with. So um, there you go. Yeah, <clears throat> I was just going to mention... <laughs> Um, Ryan, you're, um, you you have posts a lot of times in the morning through. You just did Revelation. Uh, you're going through Leviticus now, I think. Yeah. Right? And um, the, honestly, some of those things are, are super helpful. Um, the one oh, on um, purification, I was like, that that's the way you communicated it was. I I thought very very helpful and very brilliant. Um Which one was that? The on when a when a woman gives birth. Oh, Leviticus 12. <laughs> yeah. Dude, there's so many crazy things with that text. It's not even funny. I,
1: I love that the one uh, that impacted Caleb the most is the one that uh, warranted a guffaw <laughs> from Ryan when he <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, um I I thought it was really good. I I really appreciate Praise your um you doing that each morning and it's a uh, it's a very I think it's a very good and helpful skill uh, that you have have given to uh, the Facebook world and Twitterverse so it's a uh, it's a really good accountability the
2: uh, I, I mean I, I don't have like hundreds of people liking it or something like that where I feel like I have some kind of massive following or something but I'm kind of like no I need to I need to spend time on this text. I need to reflect on it. If I'm going to put something out there, I don't want to just shoot from the hip. Um, so the Lord has has definitely used it as a, a a great accountability for staying in the Word faithfully. And
0: so, well, it was I'm glad helpful. it's helpful to others too. It was helpful. <laughs> it was helpful for me that that one, that, at least at one time. <laughs> okay. Well, good. Good. Uh, I think. It- what's What's
2: the saying about? Is it a blind pig, confined? <laughs> I
0: think it's a blind What's squirrel. The, a blind squirrel. Adam, isn't it a blind squirrel? <laughs> I'm
1: sorry, I was looking at Twitter. What'd you say?
0: <laughs> I was trying,
1: <laughs> I was trying to find one of Ryan's posts, and then I found a, uh, I found a post from a brother. He is
2: actually in a squirrel mode right yeah, now. Yeah, I
1: found a post from a brother in Hebrew that I was trying to read, and uh, I got confused. Uh, a blind squirrel
0: yeah isn't there a saying yeah, about a blind the, squirrel finding something or a, i thought it was a blind pig it's a blind
1: pig yeah a blind sow okay. <laughs> is, i'm not crazy okay yeah a blind what does she sow, find? find can find an acorn in a
2: field okay yeah
1: okay. yeah oh, that was that was from a former uh, philosophy professor here uh that um has since retired but uh that the idea was you know even even someone with zero revelation from scripture can can periodically discover truth. I don't know what you guys were talking about, but that, <laughs>
2: that was, that was <laughs> actually finding revelation from Scripture. In, or tri- yeah, truth
1: there you scripture, go. But, I was you know. trying to find revelation in uh, uh, in Twitter right now from Ryan. That's,
0: that's yeah. Okay, um, I'm back, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, wait, no, I just you,
1: found it. Today's Leviticus 15, huh?
0: There you go. What does it say? Yeah, this, is all, this is
2: all the ones about bodily discharges, and I'm like—
1: Okay, here it is. Uh, Thus you shall keep the people. Yeah. Thus you shall keep the people of Israel separate for their uncleanness, lest they die in their uncleanness by defiling my tabernacle in their midst. Leviticus 15. We don't like this. This. I'm still quoting, by the way. We don't like this. But what grace! Exclamation point. We are not in the same category as God. Yet He protects us from our own audacity. Um, yeah, that's gold.
0: Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Follow, follow Ryan on. On Twitter or on Facebook, it, each each morning I, it's, it is really good. I, At I appreciate Ryan it. underscore Handling. Oh my gosh! All right, that's enough. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the um, so I want to move into you guys obviously want to impart a heart changing um, truth and you, and you want to see your students love the Lord their God with their whole heart mind soul and strength. And a lot of times it's a little bit easier when you're sitting. Across a, a table, and you're seeing them each and every um, a couple of days, times a week, and now that's moved, that's shifted onto an online forum, and you might not have that that interaction quite as much, or it's maybe easier for students to hide. I, I don't really know. And Ryan, you're you're in the online department at Southern, and how how do you guys um, try to focus on hey? Well, this still isn't just information that we're just trying to stuff into people's heads and now it's just in a different format it's all online but we're still trying to impact hearts and lives for the future how how do you guys take that and how, how are you trying to coach professors to do that um i'll give you that
2: yeah i think i think kind of coming back to this idea of of loving loving your neighbor well is again a good part of it and so like starting from that basis of the heart of, like, your students are scattered all over the place now. Um, They're isolated from others, just like you are. Um, Now, I I will say, like, we've had the benefit in terms of our residential classes that we had over half a semester to actually be in class with these students. Yeah, that's right. So in many ways, those relationships were already built. But... In dealing with a lot of online students, um, that's one of the biggest things in distance education is this, what they call transactional distance, which sort of separates us from one another, which makes learning difficult, which certainly makes relationships difficult. And so um, a lot of that is is designing points of contact regularly on purpose. And so with distance education, a lot of time, this gets kind of technical and boring, sorry, uh, with distance education, a lot of times uh, you might have um, more constant check-in points than you would in a normal class. Um, but that's just to provide opportunities for the students to be in the same space together, even if it's digitally. So, um, with that, a lot of times you you do try to get students to interact maybe more than you would in a classroom. Although I would argue you should do that in a classroom as well. Um, so what I try to do is, um, not just in, in the in-class time, like, uh, well, I I do this in the in-class time is I'll, I'll spend the first five, five minutes or so, um, taking prayer requests or praises, um, just opportunities to, to get our lives, you know, reminded on who God is, that we're, we're in this together, that there were Christians walking through this. Um, and that, I think that makes a connection point. I think in the actual teaching part of it, amazingly enough with Zoom, I, I think if you're quote lecturing, I think a lot of that can be very, very similar to what you do in a classroom, um, it's it's still different make no mistake but i think that part of it can be very similar i think that the hardest part is that there's just something very different and tangible when you can when you can actually touch someone like they're right there or you can walk among them or or those kind of bump into them in the hall and that kind of thing and so like i try to like i'll send out an announcement every week usually do like a video announcement to try and just they can put a face that's not just text on a screen or something like that or waving hands or whatever it is I'm doing, uh, in my office with the, the, uh, plumbing running above my head. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) They can feel my situation very tangibly. Yeah. I was, Adam, what do you think? No, I was
1: going to mention, I was going to make the distinction between like a traditionally online class and then kind of this shift that we've had from on campus to online, because those are distinct and different and you kind of have to approach them differently. Um, the, uh, the the shift that we're in now, Ryan is right. We had all over half of a semester to be able to interact with these students. And interestingly enough, at least for us at Boyce and Southern, we had uh, our break spring break was very late this semester. So there was no mm-hmm. break between the start of the semester and when we ended this whole thing. Yep. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, we had a lot of interaction with these students uh, even before they left. And so now in the Zoom world, we're still synchronous. We're still in real time. We're still meeting when the class would have met. And so apart from just it being on the computer, a lot of that is still um, real-time interaction, not personal interaction, but real-time interaction. Um, and and I think in that respect, from a discipleship perspective, I, I – uh, I try to think you had to think consciously about what's going on what is potentially going on in the heart of the student right now what are they fearing what are they concerned about what are they wondering about what did they have in the classroom that they now don't have online yeah. and even just like one example of that would be you know in the classroom you get done lecturing it's 11 30 to 12 15 12 45 You just barely squeezed in all the material you wanted to cover that day. And all right, good. Good to see you. You guys have a good day. But now I've got 10 minutes that I need to pack up. And while I'm packing up, students are coming and asking me questions. And so just even something as simple as staying on the Zoom meeting until everybody is gone. Because um, when you've got 30 students on a screen... That one student who wants to ask you a question isn't going to just chime in and start asking. They're going to yep. wait. So, I mean, just little things like that that, that I think can be helpful um, for uh, who knows how long we're going to stay in this environment. But I guess what is what is fundamental to both a traditional online model and the model we're in now, um, I think what still remains constant is is a love for the students to see them grow in Christ likeness. And then yep. doing what you can do in whatever environment you're in to intentionally uh, bring that about, um, and uh, so I don't, I don't, I mean there could be a plethora of practical ways that that happens. But Ryan mentioned video announcements. Um, when I do online class, like traditional online classes. Um, weekly announcements i try to put a devotion in there uh i don't do them video i write mine out but i try to put a devotional thought in there even before any kind of logistics um so you know just little things like that that i think still are are trying to um plug this another, devotional concept yeah
2: another another thing um and i i tried like a lot of profs do this too and an typical online environment you're meeting with students you're bumping into them in the hall um having lunch with them and those kinds of things and i had had built in like set times throughout the term where i would like this is a day we'll do lunch together if you want to you know sign up on a sign up sheet so that there's not too little or too many or something like that and so um i've only done one we've got one more next week doing like online lunches, I don't eat, they don't eat, but the idea is that we still just kind of have an out of class time to just, I tell them, you know, bring at least three questions. They don't have to be about, you know, the class material It can, you know, what's my favorite color or something like that. But you have to come with at least what's three. What's your so favorite that, Lego shape? Yeah, that's right. The, the rectangle one. <laughs> the the one dots don't step with on. the Lego written on them. A two by four. Um, but they, uh, they have to come with questions just so that, there's not awkward silence. I said, I'll tell them that, like, I don't want to be the only one talking. So you have to bring something, maybe we won't get to it, but you have to have something ready. So that if I'm like, all right, what's your question, you can throw something out there and it's, you know, like 45 minutes, something like that. But it does give them an opportunity to be silly or goofy or to be serious, ask serious questions or just, you know, have time to, to just hang out. So. Yeah. I would, that's, I would say, too. <clears throat>
1: At this thought cost, crossed my mind when I was talking just a moment ago um, that like at least all I have thrown out are all of the things that I do well and I just need to just in full transparency there are a lot of things that I think about and I never actually execute <laughs> that I think would be helpful in this regard too. Um, so just full disclosure we're it's easy for us to sit here behind microphones and talk about how well to do these things, but uh, we don't always, I don't always do them well. Um, so I just don't want it to seem like we're the, um, cream of the crop when it comes to this, uh, these things. But anyway, for whatever I, I would worth, say
2: too, yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely right. Um, and my personality type like dwells on that anyway. Like I, I could do a billion things right and it's like the two or three things that I'm not doing right. I'm kind of like, ah, but anyway, um, the interesting thing too, that I think this is forced and I, I felt this way about distance education anyway, it, it forces intentionality. I think that drives innovation all the time. Yep. And, and so much of what I do in a classroom is based on things that I've learned in distance education and even this go around, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that I've thought about trying in class and it it was like I don't know that that really works very well and then now I have to like so that that's one thing where it's kind of forced that one of the things too though even like we have a a discussion assignment at the beginning of class that usually is just it's open to everybody everybody's talking Um, and I like that I like that everybody talks it you know because like I'll intentionally call on some and a lot of it's volunteered but um, the the zoom aspect of it has made it a lot harder. One you're you can only get so many faces on a screen at the same time. And everybody's just kind of like, everybody's got their microphones muted. <laughs> it's like, go ahead and talk, you know, and I'll call on a few <laughs> and they'll talk and stuff. But this last time I, I put them in breakout rooms. I said, all right, we're going to do groups of four. Talk about this text. Here's the things that we go through. We're going to spend 10 minutes for you guys, just kind of going through it yourself. Then we'll come back together and talk about it. And most of them, I think loved it. Um, I was like, what do you guys think about this? And it was like, Yes, do this more in the future. And I, I so I'll try it on campus too cuz I think maybe that will help them also process a little bit of it first. Then when we come together, they will have been talking about it already and maybe more likely to, to speak up on their own without having to call on them. So, you know, I mean, praise God for at least one one good thing out of that.
0: What um what would you what do you wish your students knew as they're as they're making a transition? to online education and and how they can be purposeful in in taking full advantage of of their education during this time as they as they're transitioning to online and it's it's different um, but what what do you wish they would, would would take more seriously, would would take advantage of uh, f- from you guys as profs who are teaching online and, and it's different for you or if it is totally online you wish hey i wish my online students would just do one or two things so they could take full advantage of it or the students who have taken full advantage of 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 stuff
1: um i'm gonna chime in here with something that's kind of simple and tedious but it's almost like the more the more things change the more things stay the same and so, I think I would just encourage students to not dwell on how different this scenario is, but to consider how similar this situation is to everything that we do. So the the basic task of education and discipleship hasn't changed, um, which means you need to be in the Word every day. Uh, you need to be um, you need to have a plan for how your studying is what your studying is going to look like. Um, you need to kind of stay in those rhythms of of an educational semester, at least for a little bit longer. Um, Like all of those things still are the same, even though we're in a different environment. And I I think I have realized that not because I've seen students do it well or poorly. I've realized that because I've done it poorly, (laughs) where I, I just find myself like, well, just finished that class and now I've got another one in two hours and what do I do now because I don't have this and I don't have that and I don't have you know whereas you know I normally had a rhythm of the semester and and I it, it has been good the last couple of weeks to kind of stay in that rhythm um and, and to, to dwell on how similar things are like the, the fundamental task is still the fundamental task um so maybe that's helpful I don't know
2: yeah, I I I was going to say this idea of intentionality, um but I think it it definitely goes along with the idea that there is a similarity here. The the weird part is we can be very uh productive and efficient in an educational environment when everybody's there. The the weird part is like just being in that environment and being around people provides sort of a natural accountability. There's a built-in accountability to doing the next thing, doing things when they're due and that kind of stuff. And when all of a sudden you take that away, now you're just by yourself. And that, you know, sort of a the weird part about a digital medium is that it 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 feels like you're alone still. So now education can be just kind of a me thing. What do I need to go in and do this for myself, for my benefit? And so I guess the advice on that would just be to to remember that there's real people on the other side of all of this. and good. Keep. Keep loving your neighbor well and and recognize this is a actually a gift from God in many ways to not let your I'll say holiness um, that's maybe too specific for just all of life but intentionality but especially in that your holiness before the Lord and and the spiritual disciplines don't let those be an outside-imposed kind of thing. This is the Lord giving you an opportunity to to trust Him, to follow Him, and be intentional yourself to actually walk in
0: these disciplines. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's really that's really helpful. Um, all right, last last question. We'll do it as as, as quickly as you guys can. We'll see. Um, I'm done. But <laughs> as you guys as you guys teach the Old Testament. There are some people who
1: don't do it, Caleb.
0: No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan just closed his
1: eyes and is shaking his head. <laughs> you
0: don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> end meeting. End meeting. End meeting. <laughs> no, um, a lot of times we don't we don't know our Old Testament as well, and so and a lot of times we don't know how to apply it to our life, and so you you guys are taking students. And you're teaching the Old Testament. How how are you guys um, helping them see this? This is applicable for your heart and life right now, today. And and how how do you guys help them see? Don't don't ignore, uh, everything the the treasure the treasure trove. Well, wow, I can't talk this morning. The treasure trove that is in the Old There's Testament. Trevor, <laughs> <laughs> answer this as quickly as we can.
1: Uh, here, let me go. Uh, can I go first, Ryan? Yeah, do it. Okay. Here's here's my. Th- this is going to be my quick way to say it, and I've got about eighteen minutes. No, I'm just kidding. Um, right. <clears throat> so the 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 one liner that I use in my classes, and this is not a bazinga one liner. It's just one that really helps me, and and I think lands with them pretty well. Is is that every every doctrine that we know and love from the New Testament has a rich and robust background in the Old Testament and so it's not that it's not that I think the Old Testament can help that that rich and robust background helps clarify all of the new covenant doctrines that we love Um, I don't I think we can understand them from the New Testament I think the New Testament is like the the revelation of God in Christ is um, is Premier I don't know how I want to say that, but like that that is the turning point of epochal history, right the, the, the Christ event as we would say it um, but the New Testament itself says according to the scriptures, everywhere. Yeah. yeah and so so all of those doctrines that we know and love from the New Testament are deeply rooted in the Old Testament. And so, by studying the Old Testament, everything we know and love about Christ becomes more rich, more full, yep. more robust, um, and and I, if we can use the term affections, more affectionate. Uh, yep. I think our spirits are spurred on um, to joy when we when we build that robust and thick and rich background from the Old Testament. So
0: that's good.
2: Yeah um this is very very related uh what I, what i'll tell students is if if second timothy three sixteen is true all scripture is inspired by god and is profitable for teaching for rebuking for correcting for training in righteousness so that the man or woman of god may be complete equipped for every good work if that's true um then why aren't we reading scripture why aren't, we, why aren't we studying it deeply? Why aren't we soaking in it? Why aren't we saturated in it? Adam's absolutely right. And the, those things aren't, the Old Testament is not just a background in terms of like helpful information so that the real meat in the New Testament makes sense. But like the New Testament assumes that we know our Old Testaments very, very well. You know, if, if there's a, a directive to not kill someone there is a, a massive Old Testament background for that, explaining who we are made in the image of God, who God is, what the value of human life even is, the exploitation of our own murderous thoughts throughout the Old Testament. We have a very rich history. It's not just like, don't murder. Okay, well, do I choose to obey that or not? Well, if I'm going to trust God, yes, I guess I shouldn't murder. But God is bigger than that, right? He's given us a context that we see very clearly why we don't murder, how valuable human life is, how precious it is. Precious it is, and why we why we follow the Lord. And so, you know, do we want to be a bunch of rule followers? Do we want to, you know, just see the rules of the New Testament and follow them, or do we want to avail ourselves of the rich explanations and teaching that the Lord has given us?
0: Yeah, no, that, those are both super helpful. Uh, I'm constantly amazed at how how um, in Romans, Paul is just all over Isaiah or Isaiah is all over Paul. Like it's, uh, it, it's really incredible. And I, I love that. I think it's, it's really a lot of fun when you, when you dive deep into the old Testament, you see how much uh, that's what, that's what the apostles were reading. <laughs> that's what the early church was reading. Yeah. Um, even yeah, in, we could, um, yeah,
1: we could, this could go on for a long time if we really got a very, couple very of Old true. Testament guys going. <laughs> but like, yeah. I think about just how we work scripture into our everyday conversations and, a lot of times for academics it becomes like the jokes you know like "Ha ha, go up you baldy and everybody knows what's uh everybody knows what we're talking about (laughs) you know
0: um
1: and to some extent here I
0: actually have to look out for the bears so that's true
1: that's true um probably well never mind I was gonna say probably 10 of our 12 listeners are having to go look that one up but I, I give them more credit than that um but like I think that's that's how we talk as Christians and a lot of that comes from the New Testament and I think that's exactly what Paul was doing with scripture yeah. with the scripture that he know he knew and loved the Old Testament. And so um I just think that's something to point out that the New Testament itself is we we've got this joke in the in the between the departments here in Old Testament and New Testament and it's kind of um it's kind of a joke, but it's kind of true as well. That, that's right. That will we'll, I'll tell students, I'm like, hey, you know, the New Testament, is just an inspired commentary on the Bible. <laughs> and, you know, of course, everybody's eyes get real big and they, what? they wonder, what is did he, he just say? He inspired yesterday. Like, what in the world? But you kind of sit back and think about it and that's, that's exactly what the New Testament is doing. It is commenting on everything that the Old Testament pointed to and it's specifically pinning, pinning it on Christ. And so it's it is an yep. inspired commentary on the scriptures. Um,
2: Yeah. So I say, if it's, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough. for Yeah.
1: (laughs) yeah. And then the comeback from the New Testament department is, well, at least we're not reading pre-Christian literature.
2: Um, uh, So we,
1: you know, we go back and forth on that, but uh, as, as much as we joke that it is, it is kind of true. And and again, it just, uh, everything that we know and love I mean, think about how you use a commentary in the New Testament today, right? You're reading the New Testament. I don't quite understand that. Let me go look at a commentary. Oh, that helps me understand that. The problem with that commentary is it's not inspired. It might be wrong. The New Testament is that inspired commentary on Scripture and so um, delightfully necessary.
2: Um, yeah. And just just for the sake of clarity, and is itself self-Scripture as well? Yes, that's that's correct. That's correct. I, know, I know you know that, but there's some goofball out there who's going to be like, Prophet Southern Seminary doesn't believe the New Testament is inspired scripture.
1: Yes, no. Thank you, Ryan, for saving my job once again. (laughs) You're you're welcome.
0: (laughs) Really, this this just becomes a podcast on how many times we can save Adam's job.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Well, boys, we're uh, we're winning. He's sitting in my office as I speak.
0: Yeah. Well, one other thing that I would like to say to to students um, from from me knowing you guys that they have a a huge Um, they talk about stewardship a lot. And and one of the things that I think we we miss in stewardship when we talk about education is the relationship that you can have with your professors during this time. And specifically with you two guys, uh, because I know you want to help and see students succeed, not just academically, but in their life, in the church, and, and in the future. And so I would say to students if if they're listening to this, steward your relationships well, not just with one another as students, but with your professors, especially at yeah, at Boyce right. and at Southern, because they have that heart. They have that desire to to pour into you not just the 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 stuff from the books and their lectures, but their actual heart and their discipleship and love for God. So so steward that really well and um and I know you guys are, are kind of like, well, yeah, we want to, but we can't do it with 7,000 students, so, so don't say it too much. But but that's your heart and desire, and, and the Lord will, will give you capacity to do that for the students, and I think the students need to take advantage of that as well. So,
2: Absolutely. Yeah, that's good.
0: All right. Well, do you guys have any last statements that you wanted to, to make? Adam, we can, we can try to save your job one more time if you have something that you wanted to, I wanted think to I'll say. Be, but, I think
1: I'll stop for today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> save some for later. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, it's good to see you guys again and, and to, to do this. Uh, and as we end each, each episode, there is ultimate joy to be pursued in this life, and it's found in Jesus Christ. Pursue him.